The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Hello and welcome to the, the Port Adelaide Review Podcast. We're talking about the enigmas this week, um, which will be Justin Westhoff, Carl Amon, Darcy Byrne-Jones, Dougal Howard, Logan Austin and Billy Frampton. I'm Portia. Joining me are Macca and Rick. How are you? Mate, all the guns this week. All the guns. All of the best players everyone loves. <laughs> mm. I'm good. That's yep. good. I'm, I'm, I'm reading up on the handlebar and you guys don't even know what the handlebar is. I have no, no. idea what the handlebar is. What is the handlebar? I just assume you're talking about moustaches, but... No, this yeah. is Adelaide's own and first pedal pub. You get a two-hour tour pedaling around Adelaide, enjoying beer, wine, and cider. Okay. Has anyone done it? I want to know if it's good to do. What if you get drunk and have an accident? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. The other question is, how many pit stops do they have to go to the toilet on that route? I reckon there's just a tube that you just urinate oh. into, and it goes into a slush pit. <laughs> no. <laughs> what, what if you're not paying attention because you're drunk and you get slammed by a bus? Yeah. Well, I think the person inside's the one that steers. By, by pedal pub. So we just we just uh, we just push and they steer. Right. Okay. So if anyone is listening, if they've done it or know someone that's done it, please let me know. I'm interested. Maybe I'll have to take Macca. Okay. Well, look. Before we get Sounds into the review proper, why don't we just talk some, some footy news. Um, we'll start off with the fact that Rockcliffe has apparently declared he'd like to come to Port Adelaide, so that's nice. Yeah, baby. Yeah. How good's that? We're going to get the, the second coming of Stephen Rowe playing in Port Colours, so that's going to be great. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> How do you come to that equation? <laughs> he, he just looks a bit like him, you know. Just just have a look. Uh, have a look. Not, he looks not like really. him. Not really. He's he a lot does. taller. He's probably about 30 kilos lighter. Well, yeah. Um, I'm, talk- I'm talking of playing weight, Stephen. A lot smarter. A playing weight, Stephen Rowe. But yeah, no, fair enough. Uh. Well, playing weight, Stephen Rowe looked like a du- and walked and moved like a duck. <laughs> uh. Sort of waddled along, you know. Rockliffe. Yeah. You're well, just trying to rain on our huge, parade. Huge recruit for us. That's bigger than Ryder, bigger than Dixie. In my I opinion. completely disagree with both of those statements. Both of those comparisons are very wrong. Because they both filled desperately needed positions, and Rockliffe plays a position that, yeah, okay, he's going to be useful, but we could actually cover it to some extent, whereas those two we cannot cover. Come on, we're talking about a former club captain and an all-Australian level player here, um, playing in a position that we have struggled in for the last three years. This is uh, this is huge. This should not be underestimated. This is a huge recruit for Port Adelaide. I don't think it's underestimating it to say it's not as vital to us as Dixon and Ryder have been. Well, I reckon Dixon was the most important because we were in badly need of a forward. When we got Ryder, we still had Loby, and everyone thought Loby was still in form. So, um, <clears throat> so there's I'd importance go... in terms of positioning and need and that sort of thing, and then there's. Uh, sort of play rating, and this is by far the best player we have recruited to Port Adelaide since Gavin Wangley. I could agree with that. Sure. As far as as far as far past performance, yeah, could be. Hmm. 
But isn't Ollie Wine supposed to be a big body clearance winner? Uh, Why can't you have two? Yeah. A lot of teams do. Mm. Well, wasn't that supposed to be Brad Ebert? Yeah, but I don't know. I I think this is a maybe like a. Hey, I'm just Brad Eber's never really played. Well, Brad, well, uh, it obviously didn't work, did it? So the club needs to either sit on its hands and do nothing, and we'll just finish like fifth and be pissed off for the rest of our lives, or they can go and try and recruit players that are really going to help us push towards a premiership. And uh, I think that's a great thing. They've clearly earmarked things that have been wrong with our side, with our list structure. Um, and they're looking to resolve them, and I reckon that's a fantastic thing. I think if I think if we had to trade full price for him, I would be probably against it. But the fact that we're getting him for free agency, like that's you know, look like Christmas. You can't argue about that. So yeah, yeah. So does that does that force Ebert out of our rotations a little bit more in the midfield? No. Possibly. Possibly. So. Maybe he'll go back but, to that accountable um, Ebert role he had in the past. Yeah, you can still have. Um, Rockcliffe, Ebert, and Wines as your starting three centre players. I think I not think Robbie Gray. The bonus with that is that all three are, are pretty tall. That all three are good clearance winners. All three are good defensively. Um, I think, and all the, three win a lot of the ball. I, the, think I think that's great. From a displacing perspective, I think the more um, pertinent thing would be to talk about whether someone like Joe Atley, his opportunities are going to reduce a little bit more compared to you know pre Rockcliffe. Which I think that probably will mm. a bit. Um, he'll have to have to work his way. He'll have to earn his way in. That's just how it is. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I would think so. You mentioned Robbie Gray, but you know, we when he was out of the centre square and playing up forward, we desperately needed him in the centre square. And when he was in the centre square, we desperately needed him up forward. So this goes some way to resolve that issue as well, because Rockliffe is one of the most natural clearance winners in the whole competition. But why don't you say yes. something really positive about him? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think, as I said, this is this is huge. This is great. This is the best recruit we've had in twenty years. Do you think it? Do you think it might have an influence on Pollock? I think it will have a positive influence on Pollock. Well, didn't he give Pollock a swipe on the way out? Uh, all he said was something like, um, and it may may not have even been towards him because, you know, five players left at the same time. And all he said was, oh, what's the deal with, you know, third-year players determining where they go? That's all he said. Like, um, uh, Pierce Hanley was the one that really sort of teed off and called him a mummy's boy and all that sort of thing. And then three years later, he left Brisbane anyway. So <laughs> They're all know. leaving. It's Brisbane. They're all leaving. Well, it's a, is it, isn't trade year this year quite interesting how there seems to be three clubs where there's a, there's a mass exodus, two played finals, and one's just a debacle? Well, I mean, the fact that people are leaving Brisbane isn't so surprising, but... Um... There's not as many leaving because I was talking more Gold Coast, GWS, and oh. the Crows. Yeah. Well, people leave GWS every year, so kind of the Crows um, too. That's yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, that's very true as well. Um, yeah. Look, I mean, GWS, are, you know, they probably need to win a premiership, you know, pretty soon because 
Um, as I've said the last couple of years, it's all well and good to keep getting early draft picks, but you're losing talent, which is three, four, five years in. Um, and if you keep losing that talent, you're never going to really get to a level where you're going to win multiple premierships because uh, you keep losing the talented players. Um, so they they really need to sort of pull their finger out and uh, get some success. Otherwise, they might find that um, uh, it's a bit too late chance. and they've sort of ruined their, their huge chance for this um, so-called AFL-wide domination that they were meant to have. Well, I mean, it's two years in a row that they've lost the prelim to the eventual premiers, so that's got to mm. hurt. Um, yeah. Yeah. And look, yeah. they're losing Devin Smith, who was in the All-Australian squad a couple of years ago. They're, they might lose a couple of players. Mumford looks like he might retire or get um, get told to retire. So, um, yeah, once again, they're going to lose a whole bunch of key players. Looks like Tomlinson uh, might be on his way. Yeah, you can't keep losing three or four quality players every single year. Well, and they're losing Wilson as well, right? Wilson, yeah, he's Wilson, a great I player think, as well. Kennedy as well, one of their young sort of stars. So, yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, in in people abandoning clubs news uh, and people going to them, Stewie Jew appointed as the new Gold Coast coach. What do we think about that? Yeah, good on him. Oh, it's pretty interesting. He's been on the verge for a long time and yes. um, looks like he's now got his chart. So good on him. Hope he uh, continues to fail at Gold Coast. <laughs> big, <laughs> big challenge, isn't it? Like, going, you know, um, for a rookie coach to go up there and uh, take on that outfit as they currently are when they're doing yeah. things apparently like um, throwing a billion dollars at uh, Stephen Motlop, uh, whatever, mm. whatever the amount is. Uh, you'd have to have a little bit of concern about their off-field. Uh, if you're going to apply for a head coaching <clears> job, but they don't come up all that often, apparently. So what can you do? they don't. Well, look, he's he's had a good pedigree. You know, he's been in the Sydney system, which is he's won a premiership there. He's made another grand final there, mm. um, or another two grand finals there, I think. And um, you know, so he's he's coming into it with the best possible sort of background, I think, uh, to try and make it work. He's going to obviously offer them some new structures. I think they'll improve a lot defensively um, and their style of play should improve under um, Stewie as well. I think it's just going to be... So the, the challenge for him is going to be how much control he actually has over, over organising his own side. Um, so 2004 ended up being a pretty good coaching year then, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, we produced, produced a fair few seniors and now assistants. Apparently, Adam yeah, Kingsley yeah. was spoken highly for the Gold Coast job as well. Yeah, he was up there. I reckon he's probably in the. Mm. I reckon he's probably in the Sumich mould of guys that are going to get talked about nicely, but they won't actually get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, I, I think the thing that'll be interesting to see is if he does like Clarkson did at Hawthorne. In the you know in that first year, I think after he started at Hawthorne, like there was a lot of argy bargy about him, you know, putting. Uh, Hawthorne Legends noses out of joint by how he was wanting to do things and all that sort of stuff. And I, I kind of suspect there's probably not a few, more than a few egos at uh, Gold Coast that uh, Stewie Jew might put their noses out. So it'd be interesting to see if any of that comes out, which you'd imagine it would if it happens. Um, mm. I think Rock, that's, that was pretty much Rocket's job the last few years was to sort of kick up the joint a bit. And, um, you know, they got rid of Dixon, who was a bad influence. They're, they're getting rid of Matera. Um, they're getting rid of McKenzie, I think. So... I think that was his job was, um, look, from what I've heard, 
Gold Coast training methods and um, professionalism was an absolute farce under Guy McKenna. And Rocket's job was to add professionalism, change the whole attitude of the place to try and get them to train properly and professionally and all that sort of stuff. Um, but obviously it was a complete failure on field. Um, so I think a lot of Gold Coast fans um, are kind of feeling like the groundwork is done. Now you just need someone talented to come in and uh, get the best out of the players on field. Do you reckon the groundwork is done? Well, look, they would know more than I, and um, I scratch my head about it. A lot of people, a lot of Gold Coast fans that I've read speak very, very highly of Rocket's tenure at Gold Coast, and I sort of scratch my head and go, he won about seven games in three years. Um, But as I said, they sort of, with the changes that have happened off-field and their training um, methods, I think a lot of Gold Coast fans are pretty happy with the path that they're taking. Wow. So Porsche, yeah, as a as a diehard Melbourne fan, <laughs> what do you think of this rumour of Watts to Port Adelaide? Uh, yeah, look, I mean, if it happens, that's cool. We kind of already discussed that one, didn't we, last week? Yeah. yeah. Did we? Yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was Monday. Was that? No, I'm pretty sure I had my well, say. I think it was last week. Yeah. yeah. Was it? I yeah. thought it only floated yeah. around over the weekend. No. No, 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 no. It's been in there for a while. So, so you haven't changed? You haven't flipped? No, no. So who? What's your priority? Well, if you guys had to choose one player out of the three mentioned, who would you be? Who would be your pick out of the three? Uh, Rockliffe. Um, yeah, yeah, and I don't know about Mollop and Watts. What order would be like if they're. Because Motlop is free agent, if I remember correctly, which is important because yep. Watts is under contract. And if they were both free agent, I'd probably have Watts second. But because they're not, I'd probably have Motlop second. Mm. Yep. And is there uh, is there anyone else you reckon we might go for or a type of player that we might try and poach from someone else? Well, what we really want is a... If we, if we manage... Okay, let's say we manage to get all of those. What do we need? And... I don't know. I kind of think a really good goal-kicking, crumbing small forward would be great, but they're not really yeah. that many up for grabs, so what do you do? Yeah, that that would be the main one, I would think. Um, there is a couple of other players that we're interested in, but, um, yeah, not sure we'll get them, um, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Like, All right. Like small, smaller forwards? Potentially. Interesting. Or a consistent German MP. No, because he just doesn't have it. He's like, it's... Mm. So you, you won't shed a tear. You won't shed a tear if Jarman goes to Hawthorne. No, no, I think he's had. I think we'll give him a fair crack. He's had four years. He hasn't improved at all. Look, as I've said a million times, I, I still hold out hope for Jars that he's going to turn out to be a very, very good AFL player. And I can just see it happening somewhere else. Like, it's just going to click for him. And suddenly he's going to be a 20-disposal player who's tearing shit up on the wing or something. But the way it's going, I can't see it ever happening at Port Adelaide, to be honest. No, no. Um, and not the role that we need him for, which is actually playing as a forward. Um, because he's like he's missing so much of the toolkit to play as a forward. He could play as a half-back wingman, but... Um, you know, there's, there's plenty... There's clubs that'll give him a chance to do that. But we need a forward, mm. so... 
And just, just lastly, before we move on, yeah, okay. there's some people on the board, like Janus, for example, that think we're a lock for the top four, let alone a final, if we get Rockcliffe, Motlock and Watts. Is Janus getting a bit ahead of himself, do you think? I don't well, think on paper, it's we should be. Uh, the main... In theory, we should. Um, yeah, on paper, absolutely. The only query would be, again, like adding Watts um, is cool, but if Dixon gets injured, we're still screwed. Uh, and similarly, if Ryder gets injured, like we might not be screwed, but we're basically punting on guys that haven't played AFL. So, Well, Hinkley tonight on um, that Sports Day show was adamant that Frampton's ready to go, send him the surgery because he's ready to go. He'll be starting from two, 2018 and he's our Good. backup man. Okay. I guess the big query that I've got is if, like, we're obviously losing Trove. Looks like we're going to lose Archie, Young and Impey as well. Cool. Throw in Monfries, Cracker, White, um, Tumpus. Uh, are we losing this like my dream. a lot of our depth? <laughs> I know. I, I'm happy, but are we losing all of our depth in one big hit? Well, no, because it's only, what, 10 players out of 40? So, no. It's a, it's a lot to lose in one hit. You say that, but... A bad draft. Oh. Well... I'm sort of with Macca. I'm but not... maybe Tumpus won't go. Maybe they might keep Tumpus. God, no, please I think no. It, I think potentially we'll... We'll give Tumpus an extra year just because oh, yeah. a he can he's an experienced head, and if we're losing seven or eight guys in their mid twenties as it is, um, maybe we may want to keep one, and he's probably the most keepable one out of those potential delistees. I would rather give eighteen year olds a crack. I really would, absolutely. Or nineteen year olds that had to work so they couldn't get a really good draft year or whatever else. You know, there's got to be guys out there that are going to give us just as much potential and certainly more than a guy like Jimmy Broken Down Tompus. Nah, nah. Who cares how old he is? Who cares? He's not going to add anything in terms of, uh, of, of, of damagingness to the side. Like if we are in a situation where we ever have to play Jimmy Tompus because our depth has been hit that hard, we're done for the year. So why play him even then? We're done for the year if our injury list gets that long, that deep. Nah. Mm. Like that's how that's the problem. Like that's how deep our injury list would have to go to play a guy like Tompus. Like he'd have to be, and realistically, he'd, he'd be bottom ten. He'd be easily bottom ten on the list if we kept him comfortably, you know. And that's not yeah. and that's not an overstatement. So that means you've got to have what twelve oh, injuries before he gets a crack, probably. <laughs> yeah, you probably have to have twelve injuries before you're considering playing him. Um, we're not winning the premiership with twelve injuries. Hmm. So who, cool. is there is there any that you would if you had to choose one to keep? Is there one that you would keep? I'd I'd keep Archie myself. Yeah, Archie's the most keepable, I think, out of that lot. Um, because I, I still feel like he has something to give. Him and Impy are probably the two most capable ones, but um, yeah, I, I can't see us keeping either at this stage. No, probably not. All right. Um, look, I think we might as well start the review proper now, uh, and we'll kick yep. it off. We're talking about everyone's favourite player, the, the man, the legend, Justin Westhoff. 
Um, Humphrey Westy. said it pretty good. Yeah, yeah, no, he's a played every game. Um, I don't know. He's 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 there. He's always there. He's always there. And sometimes he plays absolutely terrible football where he just doesn't seem to get near it. And then sometimes he does something really, really good. Um, this is called the Enigmas this episode for a reason. He's kind of, if you're making a leadership group out of one player in each one of these groups that we're talking about, he is definitely the captain of this group. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's quite bizarre how he plays. Um, he's averaging, what, 19? He averaged 19 disposals this year. He took a few marks. He um, was not entirely uncontested, which is good. He, there's nothing statistically wrong with this game. A lot of things he does are okay, but the fact that we use him as a sweeper so often and that it coincides with games that we generally lose, um, that that's why he's in this list. So, I don't know, have you guys seen yeah. Justin Westhoff this year? Was he pretty good this year? I, I don't know. I'm not sure I agree with that, that mm. call, to be honest. I thought he was, for he was the first standard, half of the say. year... He was completely invisible, and I barely even noticed he was out there pretty much every week. Uh, it wasn't until the second half of the season when he started to have a, a bit more impact uh, or a bit more of a positive impact on games. Um, I, I'm not sure the, the way that we used him this year was at all helpful for the team at no. all. Um, not his fault, obviously, because he's been asked to perform a different role, but... I would have still thought he should have been up forward more often than not, as opposed to on a wing or um, across half-back. But it is what it is. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to Westy playing another 250 AFL games because he probably will. He's the sort of player that he couldn't end up playing with his kid one day. (laughs) He'll he'll play till he's 56. Screw Dustin Fletcher and bloody Brent Harvey. He's going to play till he's 56. Yeah, look, I think that... What was really apparent with him is how I just I feel like the press gets him pulled into positions he's not the best he's not as useful at as others. Um, so mm-hmm. when we managed to have the ball in our first, in our forward half most of the game, yeah, he looked really good, uh, and that's because he was effectively playing on the wing, you know, the wing and then going forward. Um, but then whenever yeah. we were up against it, he'd drop back and yeah, okay, sometimes he'd take a mark. Uh, but a lot of time we just sort of seemed to be vaguing around, not really doing much. Um, and because those were games in which we were also apparently under, very apparently to everyone in the audience that we were under pressure. Um, yeah, well, you know, it looks terrible and the team looks terrible and everything goes to shit. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that they've worked out how to play him in that, in that, uh, style, game style at this point. Well, he had some good games. Obviously, the the two games against West Coast, he was really, really good. Yeah. And there was a few others through the second half of the year where he was really good. But overall, I thought this was his worst year since Hinkley took over. Okay, that's probably fair. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. How about you, Rick? Yeah, I don't think I can say much that um, I haven't said in previous years, to be honest. The only thing I'll say about Jay is that I thought he was a bit unlucky that he didn't win goal of the year. Um, and that's oh, probably his yeah. That's probably his uh, major highlight for the year. Inconsistent. Don't know if he really helps team balance still. And uh, he had a couple of decent games. But, uh, all, I, uh, yeah. I think, I know it sounds horrible for a poor player, but I, somehow I just wish we had a fresh start without Justin in the side. Yeah, well, that's, that's just me. It, it kind of feels yeah, pro- probably fair, but it feels oh, to me a bit like late era 
It feels it feels to me like late he's era Kane Corns. Omnipresent. Mm. In that he's he's still performing to an extent, but you just it, the role he plays in the side it just doesn't seem like it's a modern role. Like he's been playing mm-hmm. that role for such a long time, and it just doesn't feel like a role that exists in 2017. But we've still got a guy playing it because he's good at playing it and he's fit. Mm. Um, but then, the, you know, yeah. the coaches love him, the players love him, and I've got no doubt at he'll end up somehow finishing fifth or sixth in the best and fairest. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough. God. I can see it happening. I mean, I would just love Justin to play one role and live and die by the sword of that role that he plays, whether it's third tall or a wingman, um, whatever it is. Um just play that role and he be assessed in that capacity. Yeah. Because yeah, it's hard to, it's hard, it, well, it's hard to assess him now, you know, and I, I mean, I can put a business analogy into it. You know, I'm using an outsourced person and they do multiple roles in my business. And for me, it's very difficult to work out how effective they are because with one part of their job function, they can be okay, but then another they're horrible, and uh, so it's hard to really pinpoint how serviceable they are. And I think spreading them all over the place, it's the same sort of thing. It's it's very difficult now if we just um, go, okay, you're a third forward, and assess them as a third forward. Um, well, then it's easier to make a decision on him. Well, but that's more a management issue than a player issue, though. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm only commenting on what I see and what annoys me. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. All right, uh, look, if there's nothing else, we can move along to, oh, gosh, this guy's controversial, Carl Amon, who... Super Carl. Yeah, look, I, I didn't... There like is this. nothing controversial about him. He is a very effective footballer, and he is a legend. That's uh, all there is that needs to be said. Look, he's he has some really, really good traits. In our current squad, he's first 22... But, gee, he does go missing sometimes, doesn't he? Uh, look, I thought yes. he was exceptionally consistent this year compared to what he's been in the past. I think this was yeah. by far his best year at AFL level. I think uh, his input had improved. I thought um, his ability to hit targets inside 50 and, and find space um, to really make the most of his talent to, had improved out of sight. Um, and I feel like we saw just how important having someone like Carl is in the team when he wasn't actually in the team. Uh, we did miss him, I thought, uh, quite a bit. Um, yeah, he had a stinker in the final, um, but, you know, so did about 15 others. Um, and, look, that was that was pretty disappointing. Um, it looked like he choked a bit under pressure and uh, made some uncharacteristic errors. Um, but hopefully he learns from that and uh, comes back even better again next year. Well, I mean, hopefully, but... Like you say, he had his best season. It's like, yeah, he did. But he hasn't played all that much footy. And if you're sort of saying he's playing a similar role to Jared Pollock, like he's about three or four years behind Jared in his progression, um, which he's probably three or four years younger, which is fine, but it still puts him in a position where it's sort of like, mm. like. Well, I don't, I don't think he really is playing a similar role to Jared Pollock. No, he's Pollock, not, but he's the honest. closest we've got to someone that's playing was... similar. Yeah, I don't know. Impey was the one that was really sort of playing Pollock's opposite role. I still like Amon as that high half forward who sort of gets the ball in the forward 75 metres of the ground and can deliver it effectively inside 50. 
and he's pretty much outside of pole leg is pretty well the best kick in the team. Um, so that's where you need him. You don't want him sort of, well, I don't particularly want him sort of running up and back, um, you know, doing a hundred hundreds. Um, I prefer him just sort of to stay in the forward half of the ground and use uh, his foot skills to advantage. Yeah. I don't see him as that good a kick though. I don't, I don't see what you're seeing. Sometimes he's Why? excellent. Sometimes he's excellent. If you mm. take out the final, I think he was one of our most efficient players for the whole year. Um, and I would love to see the stats of Mark's inside 50 taken from whoever kicked it. If yeah. that is a stat that actually gets recorded, I would love to see that stat. Yeah, that's fair. That, look, that's what that, that is what I'm thinking of when I say some of his kicks are excellent, um, for sure, is the ones where it ended up in something like that. Um, yeah. Look, well, well, you, who, you who were would you a prefer big... kicking inside 50? Amon, who generally hits the target, or Impy, who sort of half Blazes. the time kicks it backwards? Yeah. Blazes, well, you know. That's not a hard choice, that one. Kicks it short, kicks it over someone's head. Um, but it wasn't you know, a... the same. Amon and Impy weren't fighting for position, though, were they? Well, no, they weren't replacing was just getting other. one. <laughs> mm. <laughs> they weren't fighting for position, you're right. They, Ken just said, we're playing in for you, and that was that. Correct. <laughs> I don't see right. Carl ever being a, a top 10 player on our list, but I think he's the sort of player that could be very, very useful in a premiership side. And a lot of premiership sides have those sorts of players. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, maybe maybe with these additions coming in, if they all come through, maybe uh, maybe he'll be forced out of the twenty-two in the short term. Oh, I was going to say, if we get Rockliffe, then he might improve as Pollock might, because it's good for outside players to have good inside players. Yeah, yeah. Look, you start winning more of the ball in the middle, and guys like Amon are going to get more of the ball on the outside. Mm-hmm. Pretty clearly, I think. Um, well, I don't think he'll be pushed out of the 22. He might be pushed onto the bench. Um, but I can't see him sort of falling out of the side at this point. No, oh no, definitely not thinking of that at this point. Not, not where we're at, no. Um, if we get Motlop and he has a bad year, then yeah, maybe. Um, mm. But no, at this point he's very solid, I thought. Just... Porsche, I thought big aim on lover. Sorry? I thought you were a big aim on lover. Um, no, I'm just not an Amon hater, which makes me sound like an Amon lover. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like I, there are flaws to his game, and they're readily apparent to anyone. But when you look at the actual, the actual uh, problem with that, and the sorry, the actual mistakes he makes compared to the actual really good things he does, like he's not the worst defender in our twenty-two every week. That's for sure. Mm. And I think credit where credit's due, he's become a lot tougher this year as well. Yeah. Um, that was clearly the worst part of his game the last couple of years was his sort of shirking the contest. And I thought this year, nine times out of ten, he went towards the contest and he did a pretty good job as sort of hanging back, trying to avoid being hit. Um, there was probably one incident in the final, which I hated, but that's the only one that I can think of this year where there was probably about 10 or 12 the last couple of years. So what does he have to do for 2018? Get more of the ball. Yeah. That's, um, <clears throat> that's it. He needs to go from being that sort of 15 to 18 disposal player to being an 18 to 
21 disposal. He, he actually um, averaged That should be 19. his goal. He averaged 19 this He year averaged what? Sorry. 19. Oh, did he? Yeah. 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 Well, that's a surprise. Well, there you go. He needs to get it up to sort of 21, 22, I think. And if he can do that, then that's um, that, that'll be a pretty good year. If you can do that, like to average 19 disposals a game is clearly a lot more important than people give him credit for. Didn't you say before the final that we won every game where he averaged more than 20 disposals? That's right. Yep. Hmm. All right. Except for the final. Yeah. Well. Um, moving on. Darcy Byrne Jones is on this list, which is probably a little bit surprising, but I think he's on this list mostly because there seems to be. In my mind, a big difference between, or certainly for me, how I perceive him to play and how he's actually played this year, in that week by week, I'd say, yeah, he played all right, or I'd say, oh, he didn't play all that well. But when you add it all up, I don't think he had a very good season. I think he tried pretty hard. I think he yeah. was consistent at a low level. Um, but as far as having the sort of impact he did last year, like he didn't in, in 2016, like he didn't come close, I don't think. Mm. Yeah, look, he's sort of barely doing his job every week. Yeah. Like he was, but he was doing just scraping by with comp mark sort of thing. No, that it. Um, he had his bad game, some really really good games as well. But overall, I expected more, and that's why he's probably a bit enigmatic this year because um, you know the, his foot skills seem seem to go missing a little bit throughout the year. Like he was missing targets that he didn't last year. Um, he, he probably sort of stagnated a bit. I think a lot of people thought he would go. I think it's clear that he's still a very valuable member of our defensive group yep, yep. because he provides something that none of the other sort of small defenders do, and that's really good attack at the ball and um, great defensive one-on-one, that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, look, he, he, he does need to improve again next year. Otherwise, if he has another year like this year, I can sort of see him falling out of the side a bit. He was a bit panicked this year, I thought. And I don't think yeah. he had the courage of what he had the previous season. Um, yeah. So I'm definitely in your, your camp. I thought he he was serviceable, but definitely not as impactful as the season before. And okay. just... Like a, yeah. Not like a C-minus sort of student, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah he's, just got he's scraping by, but you, you need to do better <laughs> sort of thing. Maybe he, didn't, maybe he didn't adjust to the new sort of defensive structure as well and or whatever or maybe he was more shut down yeah. type player this year oh, it was really the, hard def- defensively I thought he was alright uh, it was when he had the bowl which I thought was the big issue and that was one of the highlights of last year was that he mm. became such a valuable player when he had the bowl in his hands because he usually hit the target uh, but this year I don't know if he just got comfortable or just stagnated in his skills a bit but you know, he made a lot of Made a lot of mistakes and caused a lot of turnovers this year that he just probably shouldn't. Um, and that's where he needs to improve again next year because if we're going to be a premiership quality side, you can't afford to have um, a player making those sorts of mistakes in your defensive 50. Yeah, and look, I mean, I think the other thing about um, Darcy Van Jones is that, like we said, he's got a C plus, but that's because he achieved them bare minimum every week. And if you keep yeah. doing that, like you're just Tom Logan, yeah? Like, and that's not a slam on yeah. Tom Logan, but that if you don't have that top end, and that's what I felt was really missing from Darcy is that little bit where you go, yeah, Darcy, wow, fantastic. Like if you don't have that, then you're barely AFL standard, you know? 
Um, mm. Coaches are limited in how they can play. Opposition is just sort of playing for your accountability and not much else. Um, you just become a not very important player in the side, and that's that's dangerous for an AFL footballer. So he definitely needs yeah. to find that Look, spark he had in 2016. Yeah. Scores from turnovers, I reckon he would have been our worst player in that regard this year. Look mm. it up, Porsche. Look it up. I don't even know where to look that up. I'm not sure that stat's readily available. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you want to pay $60,000 for a champion data um, subscription. But I did um, the lottery, so I don't have that. <laughs> no. That's it. Uh, but I, I reckon he would have been our worst player in that regard this year. It would, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Just going off nothing but the vibe. Uh, the vibe of the thing. Yeah. Mm. All right, well, look, we'll move along uh, and move on to a player that is, seems to be 100% upside at this point, um, and that's probably Dougal Howard, uh, the forward slash backman mm. slash what is he, who now seems to pretty solidly be a backman. Um, what do you think about Dougal? Is he really an enigma? Well, he kind of is. He's a bit. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, like mid-season we still weren't sure that he was going to be a backman, you know? Well, we don't know. We don't really know what he is. He came in and he kicked that wicked goal and everyone thought he was a forward. Then he gets the most 1% has ever recorded in an AFL game and now everyone <laughs> reckons he's a, uh, you know, the future key defensive star of the AFL. And um, I'm in that boat. I reckon, you know, he should never leave. <laughs> he should never leave the back line. I reckon yep. he's going to be an absolute gun key defender. I think he's got all the traits to make himself a gun key defender. He's quick. He's skillful. He takes intercept marks. He takes contested marks. Um, he's a great spoiler. He's got great reach, great size. He's got the works to be one of the best key defenders in the AFL. For yep, sure. I agree. Yeah, totally. He has that potential for sure. Um, and the fact that like he's got that height. In our defence that we desperately need. We desperately need that because we've got a bunch of mid-sized tall defenders, like, you know, 195s and a little bit up. But he's genuinely two metres. And you've always... Teams have got one forward that is about that tall, usually. They maybe very rarely have two. Um, so you do need that one defender that can play against a guy on the same height and beat him um, in an even match. You need that. Were you expecting uh, him to perform as he did when he came into the side? Oh, God, no. No, no. no he, he performed above expectations for me. I, like He had probably two games where he was one of our very best players. Mm. Um, and, yeah, look, I, I, I didn't know what to expect when he came back into the... I didn't know what role to expect when he came back into the side. And I was very, very surprised that he actually played um, at fullback, basically. Um but as I said, like, I reckon he's he is the future um, going forward for us um, down there. He's exactly what we wanted Trengove to be, but he's got pace um, and, and better skills. Yeah. Um, or he's, he's probably a little bit shorter than Trengove. Oh, no, he's probably a little bit higher than Trengove, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. yeah, he's 199. He's 199, that's right, yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I can't see why people think he should be a forward, to be honest. Um I think it's just sort of, you know, hoping that uh, someone with a bit of height is going to be our next star forward, but without actually looking at what makes Howard so great as a defender. There were probably people that thought that Justin Lippert should go back forward, and there's people that probably said just Jordan Ruffage should always play forward too. Yeah, I think it's just that people mm. really want good forwards. <laughs> I, I want good forwards, yeah. but in this case, he's just important, too important <clears> to <throat> match up. 
Yeah. But I guess he could he, be a, pin, a pinch hitting swing man if you know we're down and we need to change oh, sure. it up or something. That's uh, what makes him so damaging. Yeah. Mm. When's uh, he contracted to? Oh, God knows. I'm pretty sure he signed another extension this year um, when he was out. Or it might have been last year, a couple of weeks after he got, um, after he did his knee from memory. So, yeah, I think he's contracted to the end of next year. Um, but look, going forward, I think he's going to be a, a super key player for us. Um, and look, his goal should be, you know, 22 games next year. Like, I'll be devastated and very annoyed if he's not, you know, centre half back round one next year. Or full back, but yeah. Yeah. And speaking of guys that we'd be devastated if they weren't in the side, uh, this is a guy that I think this time last year we probably would have said that about. Um, and that's Logan Austin, the fifth person on today's uh, review. Um, gee, yeah. he really stank it up when he came to the AFL side, didn't he? <laughs> His first game was great. I thought he yeah, had a really right. good game against North Melbourne. Um, even though Ben Brown kicked, I think, three on him. Yeah. Um, but look, his game against Melbourne was just an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> yeah. And, Everything you know, I'm, I'm sure he was concussed because no one, no one with feet that work um, fall over that much. Yeah. And uh, look, yeah. he, he gave away three or four goals in comical fashion in that first half. So, yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm giving him an asterisk for that uh, for that performance because I don't think he was 100% right, and he only sort of stayed stayed on the ground because uh, he needed to. I think. Yeah. Um, but look, I still still hold out good hope for Logan Austin. Like again, he's tall. He's got good reach. He's a good mark. He's generally a good kick. Um, but quite clearly, Tommy Cleary went miles past him this year. He so did. The question has to be, does he have a role going forward? Or is he just going to be back up? Well, look, I mean, that's the thing. Like, For me, our top three defenders right now, in terms of the roles they can play and working together as a unit, like it's got to be probably Cleary, Howard and Jonas. That's my top three. Yeah. But then we've still got yeah. Homsch and Austin, who can play... Mm. And Homsch, as much as I thought he'd had a really inconsistent season, he does add some things, and he used that really good overhead mark when he gets a chance, but he, which also does tend to accompany falling down if he doesn't take it. Um, mm. But what's, what's Austin's point of difference? Like, what's what's the thing that makes him a player that, as a coach, you think we need him in here because he can handle X kind of matchup? And he kind of, I don't know, I don't know. Like, he literally is a backup because I don't think he... He doesn't have the height to do the roles that we can expect Howard to do. He doesn't have the strength to do the roles mm. that Jonas can do. Uh, and Cleary is just such a class act. Like I think he's just a little bit behind in everything that Cleary does uh, based on this year's form. So he's a yeah. um, he's a Jackson Trengo sort of clone. He's one of those tall nullifiers when he's in form. He's very nullifier. Yeah. yeah, he's he's good defensively, and that he's very much defence first and almost defence only at this point. Um, and that's why I think Cleary went so far ahead of him this year was that yep. Cleary was able to do such a good job defensively but was also able to add the intercept marking and the rebounding and all that exactly. um, to his yeah. game as well, which made him so important this year. Um, which, is, look, it's something that Austin can clearly work on because he does do that sort of role at 
SANFL level. Like he's regularly a sort of you know twenty disposal, ten mark a game defender at that level. Um, he just needs to find a way to be able to do that at AFL level when he gets his opportunity. So the question is, do we keep him? Because yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And then the next question is... absolutely need to keep him. The next question is, does he want to stay, given what his opportunities look like now? Well, if, if we lose Austin as well as the other 10 players that we listed earlier, then oh, we yeah. are going to be in a bit of trouble. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not talking about from a club perspective now. I'm talking from a player perspective now. Like, if you're Logan Austin and you're thinking, I could go and play with Stewie Joe and be part of a new Gold Coast defence or something... Or mm. I could hang around here and then hope I get a game behind four guys that seem to be well ahead of me in the line. Um, shit, I don't know. Well, he's also got to have clubs that want him as well, which... Do you think they wouldn't? At this point... Well... If we, if we think he's um, worth keeping, then surely to... someone thinks he's worth having. Apparently people want Brendan Archie, Possibly. so shit, who knows? <laughs> Potentially, like you, you never know. Like it's, it's hard one. Yeah, look, I can see Austin sort of thinking, "Look, I'm probably fifth in line here. I'm not going to get a game unless they were ravaged by injuries." Yeah. Um, but then a lot of players sort of see that as the challenge. Oh, and as that... as we saw this oh. as we saw this year, who would have thought bonus would jump back to? the quality that he had and who would have thought that Cleary would have become our number one key defender. Yeah, um, sure. I don't think too many sort of Port fans would have seen those two things happening. No. So but... who's not to say that Austin might jump in front of, you know, Cleary might have a stinker next year and Austin might jump back ahead of him. You never know. Maybe. But um, I don't know. Well, I've, I wouldn't have Homsch as a lock for the starting 22 next year based on his... Well, he's not form this year anyway. Well, a lot of a lot of ports, yeah, but a lot of port supporters just think that he's an automatic first twenty-two player, and no. I think come two thousand and eighteen, he's in that twenty-three to thirty bracket. Yeah, I, I think he's been overtaken by the importance of Howard and his height, um, which has pushed Homsch out of the side. I don't think we can play. Well, if you're going to play one of those players, it's got to be either Jonas or Homsch. You can't play both. Because Cleary's important in his own right. Howard's important in his own right. It's that next, which is either Jonas or Homsch, and it probably can't be both. And look, I mean, Jonas offers something different to Homsch anyway. I think the thing that's happened to Homsch is that Cleary's playing better than him, and he can take the marks from behind, and he doesn't lose his feeding, lose his footing. Like, for me, that's a big point of difference. Yeah. That's huge for a defender. Um, mm. And then, you know, he doesn't have the he doesn't have that same bullocking ability that Jonas has. Um yeah, as far as practical use, and if you play him in the side, like how many different roles can he play? Like he's he's clearly fourth. He's clearly fourth of our current list of guys. So, yeah. yeah. All right, and well, there's um, no doubt that Homsch has regressed since his sort of um, excellent days of 2014. He sort of slowly regressed every single year, yep. and you can probably blame that with his injuries and his issues that he's had. Um, but, look, there's no doubt that I think he starts outside the team and has to work his way back in. Yeah, definitely. Um, and moving on to the last player on our list, Billy Frampton, the guy that everyone said should be named every week and wasn't. Um, mm. How are you feeling about Billy? You just said earlier in this podcast that uh, 
Billy Frampton's going to play every game or whatever it was in 2018? Or, um, well, Ken, Ken in the, uh, at, after the 6 o'clock slot was talking to Kane and Ben Hart, and he basically said that, you know, they sent him off early because they've already determined that he's ready to play AFL. And they want him fit and firing for um, 2018. So good. I would imagine maybe that means we're going to have a forward line of Dixon, <coughs> Frampton, and Marshall swapping with the uh, Ryder. Yeah. Look, I think Frampton is super important going forward because he can play in the ruck and he can play forward. He's a good kick of the ball. He's a great mark. Uh, he can win hit outs. He's strong. Um, I think he's got. A- potential written all over him and look there was probably games this year that he should have played to be honest because yeah. he was in cracking form in the first half of the year um you know getting stupid stats like you know 15 marks a game 30 hit hit outs and a couple of goals um i think he definitely should have got a bit of a taste of it that didn't um and you know that's been, that's been something which has um caused us in the past is not sort of recognizing young players form but I, I 100% agree with Ken. I think he's ready. Um, and I'm very, very excited to see w- what he can do next year because I think when you add in his raw talent with his aggressiveness um, and, the, and the sort of role that he can play going forward, um, I'm, I'm pretty excited by that. Look, for me, he's, just, ex- he's an incredibly high priority for us to develop and get in the side and get to be, you know, playing top level football because he's a he's a backup ruckman in the twenty two. He's sorry, he's a backup player in the twenty two for both Charlie Dixon and Ryder. In that, not he not he won't have the same output, but but at least he's a body we can put there, and hopefully he'll do yeah. something. You know, we don't have a lot of that. Mm. So, mm. Can he last a season without getting reported? Oh, no, I don't think he's. Hey, he he's likes been reported that much. In the SAFL, has he? I don't know. He's, he I'm likes concerned the physicality, that he might be though. able to go a season without getting injured a couple of times. That's probably my main concern. That's the big one. Because uh, he seems to, um, you know, lose quite a few games each year with injury. Um, so that's probably the, the number one concern. That's young. That's just young, tall players, though. They seem to be more injury prone. Mm. I'm sure he'll uh, wade his way through. And who's he? Laddams is the other tall on our backup list, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, so yeah. Ken even mentioned, Ken did he quickly mention Laddams and, and thought Laddams would be our backup Rutman behind Ryder and uh, Frampton. So uh, they obviously and, see something in uh, he's got a those lot of two talent. backup players. Yeah. yeah, he's got a lot going for him. I, I've, I, I'm pretty excited by those two, to be honest. Like I think that's our best backup Ruck duo that we've had in, in a long time. Um, I've got huge hopes for Adams. I think he can be our future number one ruck at AFL level for sure. Hmm. All right. Well, look, um, we couldn't wrap that up, but I just want to give you a bit of a nightmare um, scenario before we go. Uh, and for me, I, awesome. just want to, I want to point out that KT is with us for life now because if we don't keep him, Stephen Triggs available now. He's resigned from Carlton Ooh. as the Chiefs Executive. And... Um, Look, he wasn't there forever in the end. So, what do you, what do you say? <laughs> so, oh, God. Hey now, hey now, the dream <laughs> is over. <laughs> Poor Triggy. Poor Triggy. 
Well, uh, what did you have? Three and a half years there or something? Uh, three or four years, I think. Yeah, no, three years. Mm. Three, four years. <clears throat> um, but he was committing to the job. He was doing the, the, the Dean Laidley, running the club over Skype. So, uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Mr. CEO Skype. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Definitely the best way to run a football club. Um, but I guess at the end of the day, Carlton's decided they just want to keep chasing GWS rejects until the end of time. So that's probably... Let's see if that'll be a strategy mm. that works out for them. Well, look, they haven't really done much, have they? Well, they certainly well, they... haven't improved on-field under Triggy's leadership. Um, no, no. You know, the first 12 months there was pretty farcical off-field as well. Mm. well the AFL had to step in and help them out with membership um, <laughs> just after Triggy took over. So, uh, you know, long may he reign. Uh, and those mm. memories um, of, of Triggy at his best. Um, well, what's it? Yeah, what's it's interesting been a fun is, ride. What's interesting is there's four in CEO positions. Let's, let's um, there's three of us have got a new job. We just and we need to find someone else to fill the fourth. Mm. There you go. I what think do you reckon? Dylan's up. What are the Dylan's jobs? Fourth. Yeah. What are the jobs? Which clubs is it? They're all Hawthorne. Oh, oh what not Hawthorne? Yeah, who are the other ones? Hawthorne, Carlton. I don't know. You brought Gold it up. Rick. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't bring anything to the I don't, table. I don't know who it was. It was just on the um, five day show. Mm. So I don't know who don't the know. other ones are. All right. Cool. Well, look. Um, I guess the other thing I don't know if we you talked about on Monday, did you? Um, about um, Paddy Ryder. Um, he's getting the typical off season runabout. It looks like that Port players get. Um, mm. I don't know, do you think there's much in it? Well, I heard there was nothing in it. Yeah, that's what I heard. Hard to tell from the footage, but you don't know what happened, so I don't know. Hard to say. Well, I'm not going to Mr. comment, I just don't know. Okay. Mr. Opinion, Kane Corns, was saying it was ridiculous, there was nothing in it, and he only got arrested because he's an AFL player. That's entirely feasible. Although yeah, I mean... Yeah. How um how good is in the media going? He is on fire. I like him. I do like him. I like how opinionated he is, and uh, yeah, I, I think he's doing a great job. Who would have thought twenty years ago that a Port fan would ever say that they liked the corns in the media? <laughs> very true. <laughs> how was the uh, how was the chat room tonight? It seems very quiet. Um, only because I've been referring to it, uh, and there hasn't been much going on. We've got one actual listener, and then we've had Stanley and Jason Momoa try to get attention, but I haven't been giving them any. So, mm. <laughs> and Pommy Power, he's, I'll read out Pommy Power because I won't take long. Uh, cannot wait for the Rocky chant when we get Rockcliffe, Rocky, 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 um, and he reckons that we'll get special guest Janus in a future trip to tell us how all how wrong we are. So. <laughs> Yeah. Well, talk, like talk about talk about opinions. Janus is another one that's happy to throw out his opinions. Him and him and Kane Corns could go for hours. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. I, I'm I, uh, I'm sledging I'm sledging Janus tonight. I, I was just going to say it doesn't sound even like an accurate sledge because Janus has one opinion and he just reworks it and bends it to fit whatever's happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just I just don't think. We can I'm, just I'm not going to say I don't do the same. I've done it. I just don't think we can put three three players' names into a starting 20 and go, 
we're we're making the final this year because we've been sort of sucked in over the last few years and it hasn't happened. And I guess all I'll say is if we get Rockcliffe and Motlop, Michael Voss especially has got no excuses next year. Fair enough. Yep, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like, winner final was the pass mark for this year and we didn't get that, so, yeah. And please, please, Rory Sloan, go to Collingwood. That would just be amazing. He's not going to Collingwood. Mm. Come on. Why not? Do it, Rory. What? (laughs) And what, Charlie Cameron's leaving now as well, isn't he? Going to Gold Coast or something? Yep. Brisbane. Brisbane, yeah. Hey, was that that news headline from Advertiser actually true? Where they said, Max Exodus from Port Adelaide, what's going on? Trengove, Impey, Archie, Young, and someone else. Oh, I'd say it's the the crew's uh, ambassadors doing their job. Mm. We're losing a bunch of bog standard players who are barely twenty two standard, and they've lost their best young player and another very very handy first eighteen player as well. Mm. Why not deflect? Mm. Yeah, I just can't believe that headline. The most ridiculous line, if it's actually true. I didn't know if someone just edited it or whatever, but um, I don't know. It's, it's just such biased reporting, if that's the case. Yeah. Come well, on, well, rev up on the controversy, well, guys. Actually, I was just going to wrap up rather than rev up because we've sort of reached that time. Yeah, wrap it so, up. So uh, let's wrap it up and. Um, Hopefully, Alfie feeling better. Hopefully, on, on Monday, hopefully, Macker will be back at a Skype thing because you're breaking out a little bit, but that's yes. okay. Uh, and hopefully, on Monday, we've all got really good news about how we've got um, Tom Rockliffe on board and, you know, maybe Motloff as well. Mm. Yeah. Sounds good. Right. Thanks for to Pommy Power for listening in and Magpie's Power too. I got Magpie's Power. How good is that? Actually, it was him that said the second one about Janus. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening in and can't talk. Power. He ignores it. He goes long to Ebert. Bouncing ball. Back of the pack. Stuart Jew. Box back there. Needs to rush it. Jew off the deck. The Jew kick. The ball. Has slowed it. The ball barracks for Port. <laughs>